Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Before we get into our text today, I figured I would try something new this Saturday morning. I thought I would try my hand at forecasting the weather. See, I am tired of the weatherman always getting it wrong. You know, it seems like he goes and he says, look, we're going to get four inches of snow and then we get eight inches of snow. We're going to get eight inches of snow and then we get, you know, a dusting or whatever it might be. Or or if he goes and he says, look, it's going to be 60 degrees the next day, it's negative 30 or something like that. But I figured I would take a stab at it since I am so tired of him getting it wrong. So here you go. And it doesn't matter where you're listening from. Here is your forecast. There is a 50-50 chance, either it will or it won't. Okay, now let's get serious and jump into our text. We're in Proverbs chapter 18 today, and it says this in Proverbs 18, starting in verse 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. When the wicked comes, contempt comes also. With dishonor comes reproach. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. It is not good to show partiality to the wicked or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles. They go down into the innermost body. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The rich man's wealth is a strong city and like a high wall in his own esteem. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty and before honor is humility. Who answers, he who answers a matter, before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. The first one to plead his cause seems right, until his neighbor comes and examines him. Casting lots causes contentions to cease and keeps the mighty apart. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips. He shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. The poor man uses entreaties, but the rich answers roughly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Wow, there is a lot in this chapter, a lot that we could jump into today. But we're going to start here actually in verse 1. That that seems to be a good place to start is at the beginning. Uh But what I want to point out here to us is that isolation is not wise. And all the extroverts said amen, right? Isolation is not wise. And this is what verse 1 said. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. See, it is not good for man to be alone. Those are some of the first words uh, that, that we see that, that God says in all of Scripture. He, he says this here, I believe it's in Genesis chapter 2, 
when he goes and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. And of course, then he created Eve for Adam. It's not good for man to be alone. This is a basic concept that we find at the beginning of the Bible. And of course, what was true at the beginning continues to be true. It doesn't just end or or change or something like that. It continues to be true. Now, there is a TV show. I don't know if it's still running or not, but I I enjoyed watching the first couple seasons of it. Uh, And and it was called, it's still called Alone. And it was a uh, show that was on the History Channel, I believe. And the premise of the show was that you would go and take all these different contestants and they were, you know, survival experts and you'd put them out in, I believe it was Vancouver Island, at least the first couple episodes, and they'd put them there and, you know, they would have to survive on the land all alone. The goal wasn't to go and to find other people. The goal wasn't uh, to go and to survive for a week. The goal wasn't, uh, you know, to go and to do this or that. The goal was just to see who could last the longest without going and calling in somebody for help. Now, of course, there were those people who ended up not being able to get food supplies going, and so they called in for help. There are a couple people who maybe got hurt, some people who got scared. But the interesting thing was was that as they, they started to, to, you know, really go and separate themselves as the ones who were really doing well in the show, you started to go and to find people who they figured out the, the food supply. They figured out their shelter. They figured out... Uh, just how to live out on the land. But there were a few of them that after being out there for a few weeks, they just called in because they couldn't stand being alone. They couldn't stand being alone. They're, they're like, hey, I, I, you know, I have plenty of food. I've got pl- fine shelter. I'm okay out here, but I just cannot take being alone anymore. See, isolation, to isolate yourself It is at best seeking your own desire, but it is always something that is raging against all wise judgment. God just didn't design you to be alone. He created you to live with others. And this is a simple reason, and I'm going to bring this up because I have a greater point with this, but I want you to understand this principle and this truth that we're saying here and that it actually applies to life. See, this is a simple truth, but it is a simple reason why quarantining of the healthy was a foolish idea. It was three years ago, a little bit more, three years in in a few days ago that COVID happened and the COVID lockdowns happened. And that was foolish. That was foolish. And I remember I was reading through Proverbs uh, a chapter at a time in the month of March uh, back three years ago. And I remember when I came to this verse and I thought, aha. Now, there were other things, of course, that I was saying, aha, like the government didn't have the right to do this to churches, like uh, the whole idea of in God's law, you have the quarantining of the sick and never the quarantining of the healthy. It's, It's completely backwards. But this is a simple, simple principle that many more people should have picked up on that this was going against wise judgment to isolate everybody in the nation, right? It's right here. A wise, or excuse me, a man who isolates, isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. More people should have picked up on this because it is a simple truth in God's word. Now, I don't bring this up to bash you if you, if you miss this one. That's not my purpose in that, in bringing this up. I bring this up 
because I want you to realize that the simple truths that we look at on a daily basis in the Word of God can, and they certainly will, come into play in your life. The question is, are you really taking them serious? Are you really taking them serious? Do you take God's Word more serious than Lord Fauci? Three years ago, most people didn't. So the question is, is what has changed from three years ago to now, not in the world, but in your heart that makes it so you're going to say, I am committed to the simplicity of God's truth. And I am going to say that the Bible is right no matter what. We say it all the time, right? God said it. I believe it. That settles it. But I really want to confront you with this. Because this is one of the most important things. If you want grace flowing in your life, you have to get this right. Do you really believe that? That God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Are you paying attention to the little truths? Are you paying attention to the little truths? Like, it goes against all wise judgment to isolate yourself. All wise judgment means you're, you're, you're going and taking the judgment and the, the counsel from fools. And of course, they did show themselves to be fools. But are you listening to God's Word? Are you listening to God's Word? Well, the second thing that I want us to see here this morning is that generosity is effective. In verse 16, it says this, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Remember how we were just talking about simple truths? Here's one right here. You know, we often like to ignore material truths. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't ignore material truths, but a lot of times we like to ignore them and kind of think of ourselves a little bit more spiritual. You know, perhaps you read this verse and you're thinking, well, I am more spiritual than that. I don't need to go into bring gifts. I don't need to go into live a generous life. I, I don't need to go into to tap into the power of generosity and to the effectiveness of generosity because I am more spiritual than that. You know, there's a lot of people who have that in their life, that kind of a mindset, and not just people in the pews, but a lot of people in the pulpits. You see that, that, that they really don't believe in this, this principle of generosity. But here we find in God's Word, in Proverbs chapter 18, in the book of wisdom, what does it say? A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. See, if you're a generous person, let me just put it simple for you. People will like you. People will like you if you're generous. They will. Now, if you're a stingy person, people won't like you. They won't. If you love money more than people, people won't like you. They, they, they know. And if you're going and gripping your things like for, for dear life and you never have gifts and you never want to go into to, to help other people out and you never want to go into just bless other people, I could tell you people aren't going to like you that much. They're just not going to. See, generosity leads you to more opportunities and to bigger or more influential audiences. So if you have a wonderful idea, or maybe multiple ideas, but you have, have never had a chance to present them, you should ask yourself, when was the last time that you gave somebody a gift? When was the last time that you gave somebody a gift? Now, I know, I know some of you might have just listened to that, hardened your heart and said, oh, what? I cannot believe that you're asking that question. What does giving a gift have to do with me presenting my wonderful ideas? Everything, everything. Because you can have wonderful ideas. And if you never have an opportunity to get those ideas in front of the right people, those ideas were worthless, absolutely worthless. 
And so you do need to know how in the world can you go and deal with people and be successful in your dealings with people? Well, here's a great nugget in that. Generosity. Generosity. Be a generous person. The third thing that I want you to see here this morning and the last one that we're going to look at is that there are two sides to every story. There are two sides to every story. And in verse 17, it says this, the first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. Now, currently I work in property management. So I have to do with a lot of, you know, renting and going and doing background checks and talking to potential tenants and things like that and going and checking references and, and all of that kind of fun stuff. And I can tell you a couple things for sure that are just certain, two things that are certain. Number one, no one ever deserved to be evicted. And number two, it wasn't their drugs. At least that's one side of the story right? At least that's one side of the story. You know, I, I remember not too long ago, we were doing a, a background check on somebody. And I mean, we, we'd met him in person, showed him the house, everything like that. And, you know, it seemed like kind of a fairly normal young couple and everything like that. I mean, seemed seemed fairly normal. But then we do the background check, you find out that the guy had gone and had uh, criminal charges put against him um, because he beat somebody with a, uh, I believe it was like a, a, a baseball bat or something like that. I mean, it was maybe it was a lead pipe. I think it was a lead pipe. He beat somebody with a lead pipe. He, you know, he, he murdered them in the lead pipe. He didn't actually murder them, but he beat them uh, with a lead pipe in the in, in the conservatory. Uh, you know, it was Professor Plum, but. That's what was going on. And we go and we see that and we go, oh my goodness, you didn't disclose this. And, and the response was, well, but he's not violent. He's not violent. Now, now that seems absolutely ridiculous. Why? Because we had seen the other side of the story already. We'd seen the other side of the story and, and, and it was ridiculous. Of course he was violent. He beat somebody with a lead pipe, right? We went, we, we, we saw the news story. We went, we saw the, the background and everything like that and, and, and what the charges were and what the cops had to say about it and everything like that. But, but you know, at first it's, Hey, this, this is a nice guy. This is a nice guy. See, if you dig a little bit deeper, you'll hear the whole story. And that's so important. And it's not just important when doing background checks. This is important in life when people come and tell you something. Because sometimes it's gossip, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. But they come to you and they're just bringing their side of the story. Just their side of the story. And if you want to make a good and wise decision, if you want to make a good and wise judgment, you need to not jump to conclusions, but to seek and to investigate what is going on, hear both sides of the story, and then make an informed decision. It's so important. There are so many times where, where somebody goes and they tell their side of the story and then they get somebody behind them and they're ready to go. And, and oh my goodness, I can't believe that you offended me in such a way or, or you offended my friend in such a way you did this to them and they didn't hear the whole story. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the situation where, where somebody went and they, you know, as a pastor, they, they got all upset with me. 
Why? Because, well, oh man, you stepped on the toes of my friend. Well, first of all, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I don't mind stepping on toes. But the, the, the second thing is, is that sometimes I look at them like they have a third eye because they say, well, what do you mean? And they would tell me what their friend said. And you go, well, let me tell you the real story. Let me tell you the rest of the story. And there have been many times where I've seen people's face completely change when they hear the rest of the story as to what the other person did, which then got the response as to why I said what I said. But I don't say this just to defend me. I say this to go and to help you. Because this happens in everyday life, whether it's in the sec- secular world or the sacred world. It doesn't matter where you're at. This happens all the time. And you need to stop and listen to the whole story. Get your facts straight before you jump to a conclusion and make a decision. Make wise decisions today. Don't isolate yourself. Listen to the small, simple truths in God's Word. Be a generous person. And remember, there are two sides to every story. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And believe it, the work has already begun. Know that God's up to something amazing.